ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to the A show. Wow. Mules nice. isn't ready for that one. Nailed it. No, you nailed it. Go ahead. Very festive of us, by the way. Super festive. Hey, hey, we try. We Welcome try. to the A show. With the Kings of Pro Wrestling podcast, I'm Justin here with Meals. We are, if there was ever a calling it in the ring, <laughs> we are calling Amen. it in the ring today. Not only are we calling it a ring, we calling it from inside our houses and we might not ever leave again. Um, hey, turn that up. <laughs> COVID is back, baby. COVID mania is running wild. It is back. It's like, yo, we are here. I'm very afraid to go anywhere. I got so thing about this thing. Damn, this would be great for a Patreon segment. Uh, I don't want to say it on the. You know what? I'll 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 take I'll leave it for another day. Um, no, I, I mean we can we can do it for Patreon. All right, we'll figure it out for Patreon. But yeah. um, no, the city is wild. <laughs> New York City is wild. I got offered free tickets to a Knicks game today and I opted not to go which is like the worst feeling ever. That's crazy. Free tickets to the Knicks versus the Pistons. Now I'm not saying the Pistons are going to lose but they have a strong chance of losing um, because they are trash. So me <laughs> going to see it again Quan. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know. Um but yeah, I mean, you, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna be inside the house for quite a bit. Yeah, we're all gonna be inside the house, man. Uh, I I actually have we got a lot to talk about. Well, I have a lot to talk about because I wasn't here last week. Uh, shout out to oh. shout out to Carlos, man. First off, uh, for <clears throat> for holding it down for me last week. You guys had a fantastic show. I was oh, on the okay. edge of my seat. I was like on the floor. But yeah, I. Want to thank Carlos, first of all, being on the show and covering for me. Mexico was great. Oh yeah, we need the stories. What's what's that been about? Mexico was 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 really great. I mean, I've never gone on vacation before, so this is like my first vacation, all inclusive. The beach was fire. The food was great. The room service was divine. Okay, it was the views. You see the views. I showed the views. I saw the views. I saw the views. I saw the views. They were magnificent. At the, I mean, I don't know. This is this was. I've never been on vacation either, so I can only imagine. But That's right, like, I can't think of many like black people that like take vacations like that. You know, I don't know. I feel like they do. To be honest with you, a lot of my not, friends do. I'm just the weird one. Of, not, not a majority of us do. You know what I mean? I like, I, I feel like a majority of us, and I'm not saying this to be like you know classist. I feel mm. like we do it because we work so much mm. and like I work so fucking much that it's like I, I, I could I could name people in our circle that do like Ty goes on vacations, you know, like like a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends do. But I feel like a lot of us just don't sit down and just and, and just, you know, <clears throat> unwind. And I think if there was ever a good, you know, you know, this isn't this is good in the sense of like, OK, you know, we're realizing that this world is bullshit and employment is largely bullshit is that people are starting to take time for themselves in this whole two years. Right. Where we realize that like, you know, we need to take time mentally for ourselves and I've never done that. And being able to do right. that is, it's been, you know, fantastic for me. And, um, 
I hate to go on like a tangent there. Of course, this is a wrestling podcast, but you know, we're going to give you the real tip. We're going to give you the real tip. A little tangenty, a little tangenty. We're, but it we're was the kids of tangent. <laughs> but they tried to they tried to scheme on me, and they tried to get me into like one of these like kind of fake pyramid schemes. I need to know schemes. this story. <laughs> Where there's an episode of South Park just like this, by the way. Except really? The scheme. Like like even Cyrus was like, yo, people have talked about so far. I was like, how did I get? You know, I'm I'm the master of like. You know what I mean? Like I'm the master of 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 not getting finessed and played, and I got sure. played. That's the one thing I got played on. So we 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 check in, and they're like, okay, well, before we can get your bags and stuff, I need you to go, you know, talk to our homegirl over there. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like we can, you know, let let's do it. So they're like, okay, we you know we, we we're gonna you know we want to give you a presentation, and in order to take the, in order to do this presentation, you know, you have to agree to either get a free spa day or a free steak and like steak and lobster dinner. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we flew in. You know, Cancun, Mexico is three hours ahead of us in, right. in Los Angeles, right? So we're a little tired. Shit, I don't know where Mexico is. It's, it's on the yeah. East Coast? Damn. It's, on the, it's like Cancun is on the bottom, bottom. So it's kind of like, it's like a weird equator type thing. I, I looked it up. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I have no idea. Geography is lost on me. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was on the East Coast. So when I was texting you, I was on the East Coast. I was on the East Coast time. But, um, so like they were like you know in order to do this you know sign off on doing this and we're going to show you like a little presentation it's like it's you know we're going to take you around the resort we're going to show you some rooms we're going to try and see if we can you know have you be a member of this vacation club right so we're like cool, fine whatever whatever we can do to get to this room <laughs> to, to, to get to our room and chill so monday rolls around and monday's our last day and we were, we were like you know what i don't want to do this this little presentation anymore because we're like me and my fiance we're the we're the we are the masters of just flaking okay at the last second like we don't want to do it so they tell me when i call them he was like hey we're gonna cancel they said no you can't cancel because you signed off on this thing and if you don't go you gotta pay 300 dollars. in hindsight i should have just paid 300 dollars because like what? I, I don't i'm not i this is terrible what would martin lawrence do that's what you gotta ask yourself in this sense. what would martin do would he I, I, did, I, did what martin, I, I did what martin did and i went to the fucking thing and so basically they take you there, they ask you what you do for a living, they ask you all these questions just to kind of kind of gauge your um your finances, right? And then they got they, them. They give you <laughs> we got one. <laughs> then they give they gave me to uh like a salesperson and her name was Ascana. She was like this Mexican she's super nice, super sweet at first. And so she's Asakana. like Asakana, Ascana, Ascana. I don't know about it sound like a fake uh, name, but go on. I think it was a fake name too. So like she said, she's like, Hey, do you want to go to breakfast? Blah, blah blah. I'm like, we're like, no, we don't want to eat. We don't want to do anything to prolong this, right? We want to just get through this because they said it's gonna take an hour and go. This is 10 o'clock at this point. So we go through, and then we we she's telling us all about this. She's just like, Well, let what if I told you that you can go to all of these places that you guys want to go to? Because she gave us like a survey. What if I told you that you could go to all these places that you wanted to if you if you join this club. And we're going to show you all, you know, the, the rest of the resort. Showed us, like, the premium room. Showed us, like, some of the stuff that we didn't see because we just had just, like, a regular kind of, like, deluxe room or whatever. And we were, I, w- I wasn't really, like, I was looking at my fiance. I was like, I'm not really, like, impressed. You know what I mean? But, like, we do want to travel more because we're, we're going to marry next year. So, like, I was like, okay, I'll listen, but I'm not going to do it. We finally get down to, like, this room after this mm-hmm. tour. Like, you know, they took us on a tour. 
Like I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, we've seen all this stuff already. We've seen this the is exactly how that South Park episode went, by the way. <laughs> we have seen all of this, so we go back down to what, what I'm guessing is the closing room, where there's a bunch of different people in there, and I think that they're plants. I was like, there's no way all these people are getting sold on this at the same time. <laughs> there's no fucking way. So we're they're talking at one point. I guess the black couple next to us quote air quotes here they closed on a deal and um they everyone started clapping and cheering blah blah, blah. and i'm just like I, and and me and my fiance was like we didn't think of that as a positive we were just like they just got played because <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna do none of this shit so it's basically this package where you think they implanted that black couple though yes i do Okay. I do. All right. I I saw no type of credit because I looked over. I saw no type of credit card being handed out. I saw no type of like real paperwork being signed. They were just like looking at brochures and shit. So they're they're talking and talking and talking. They're like, "Oh, we can do this. We can do this. We'll give you money back on your flights." Blah blah. blah. And I'm just like, you know, I don't believe any of this shit. Like, I'm I'm mad at myself mm-hmm. for even doing this and agreeing to do this. I'm just like, bro. Next time we do some shit like this, I'm never gonna do it again. But I asked the question that you should not ask me. And what do you think that question was? Um, how much is this all going to cost? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, said, gotcha. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. How much does this cost? And he said, well, well listen, here's the, and he starts taking a calculator. I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> when he took the calculator out, so it says that you get a one-time offer and be clear, like this is, this isn't anything that I paid. So they said $70,000 over 40 years. Then they said for one for this one time offer, one time they hit you with the seventy thousand dollars. Sounds like a lot, right? But yeah, (laughs) they did. They said, but we're gonna bring it down to fifty nine for you, and it's paid, it's financed throughout this so many couple years. And and then like my fiance was like, one second, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And I said, oh, she about to she about to run, she about to go in. Because what she did was she she she's like such a great negotiator. She left to ice them, to ice them out. Listen. Just so they could stop the spiel, like she dead ass left. You stop. This is when they you're up by like the other team makes like three straight three pointers, and then you call yeah. for a timeout. Yeah, <laughs> like nah, 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 nah. yeah, they're on a run. Let's 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 cut this out. <laughs> she iced them right, and then came back and said no. <laughs> and she was like, "This is why I don't want to. Neg- I don't want to." I don't want to invest in something that we've only been to one time for 40 years, much less something like this for this much, this amount of money. And they said, well, well, what about this? And remember Oscana was so nice. She looks at us and says, what happened guys? I was like, what? I was like, what? what do you mean what happened? Oksana? She hit us with the chair. <laughs> she was like, what happened? So she brings in another dude that comes in and we're like, no, I don't want to do it. And I was just like, the only person I'm going to invest this much into it. I'm sitting next to her right now. There's no way I'm investing 40 years into you guys. And he was like, yeah, but you know, I was wearing, I was wearing uh Josh's shirt, the ain't shit funny tee. You could tell he was getting pissed because mm. I wasn't saying, I was like, ain't shit funny. That's your shirt. And I said, yeah, black owned. Oh, I'm like, shit. first of all, well, like, I'm trying to was, bar you up real quick. <laughs> he definitely tried. And I, I turned around on his ass. And so he finally is like, okay, cool. So they bring in another person. This is the, this is like the, the funniest part of it. Brings in another person. And I'm already upset because I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to go to the pool. It's our last day. He says, was Oscana good? I was like, she was great. She was awesome until she started. Like she could have had something if she started in, until she started to um, 
you know, bringing other people and stuff like that, that she would have definitely had something. She would, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have like agreed to it, but we would have like definitely thought about it more if she hadn't bring it, brought in like the old dude and the even older dude trying to get us to, to sell on this. And she said, what if I told you that we could bring it down to this much for 10 years <laughs> for the $1,500 down payment today? And I said, you know what? Let's go. Like we literally got up and we just, all right, let's go. And then Oscana was like, okay, follow me y'all. Cause we go, we got to get a receipt. <laughs> she like, bro, Oscana never looked at us again. She never looked at us in the face. She just walked straight to the other room. Like if we had lost her and didn't follow her, we would have never even known where to go. She, because we had to go get the receipt to get the, the dinner. So we got our dinner. It was a great dinner, but we had to work a lot for that dinner. <laughs> Yo, Oksana was pissed, nigga. Oscar, that was she, bro. She was trying to sell niggas that day, and you cannot, you can't sell me. You can't, you, you can't can hustle. Sell. They, they, they. I'll, I'll give them this. They partly hustle me. They partly hustle me, not mm-hmm. fully, but the well, they, they, they hustle your time. Yeah, they hustle my time. They definitely did because I can't get that time back. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, before we went to Mexico, I did, I did go to SmackDown. Um and oh, right. <laughs> forgot about that, <laughs> but, it, but not the best SmackDown to go to. Me and Pat went. Um, but I got I got to give a shout out to Logan, man. Um, I, I want to do that on the show here. I met Logan. Uh, of course that's Logan W on Twitter. Met him and his his wonderful uh girlfriend. Um, and and they were so nice and and just really really cool. It was a really short time we got to meet him. It was just so much stuff going on. But shout out to to you two. You guys are a beautiful little couple. And uh, really nice to meet you guys. They they were just so cool, man. They 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 were really awesome. So, uh, uh, Swerve is hanging out with Darby Allen. Yo, you got to put that <laughs> in the thing about how Corey Jade dunked on that motherfucker. Um, Corey Jade Hive. <laughs> Corey Jade Hive for for life. But um, okay, we're gonna we're coming back from Patreon here. If you guys don't have our Patreon, please get it five dollars. Uh, get it as a gift for somebody. You know. And then you guys listen to it. If but, that's uh, possible. I don't that's know possible. That's possible. <laughs> but we, we, we had some real talk. We had some real talk. So you definitely want to go back to that. We just brought up <clears throat> that I just saw Isaiah Swerve Scott hanging out with uh with Darby Allen. And last week, Darby Allen was embroiled. He really, Darby Allen legitimately shouldn't be saying anything. You know what no. I mean? <laughs> Not on this internet. <laughs> Not yeah, on he our internet. He shouldn't be saying anything. Uh, and he. I guess someone, a fan said, hey, I would love to see Cora Jade and Darby Allen in a skate-off. And um, uh, so basically, uh, he responds and says, I'm a real I'm a real skater, not just one that plays. I'm, I'm, I don't just play one on TV. <laughs> and then Cora Jade sla- like claps back. And is like, well, I don't, I, I, I don't have, a, you know, domestic abuse allegations on me either. <laughs> and she deletes this tweet. I gotta she find deleted, this tweet. I, I can't find it. It's never deleted. It's on the internet. It exists. Once it's on, skating is a huge part of my life. Not a fake character for TV is what Darby Allen said. And then Corey Shed said, "Being a good person, but no abuse allegation against me is a huge part of my life, and not just a character I play on TV." And then she deleted it, and we all cheered. Yikes. And it's like, you know what? You got dunked on. And she's like, what, like 19 years old? I don't know. Like, she's, which is gross. Um, But, our culture, but they're, they're, listen, man, Cora Jade never did nothing to nobody to deserve that type of, like, treatment. No. Okay. She's, a, she's, as far as I know, a sweet baby angel. 
and she's never done anything to anybody. So I heard just... she was a she was a child of wrestling Twitter, so she knows how to like really clap back against people, which is that's going to be the next it. generation of wrestlers. By the way, <laughs> there you there you have it. Like at the end of the day, Darby Allen, you're a goof, <laughs> and Cora Jade is definitely on. She's she's on a trajectory, okay, a big trajectory. Like I see really big things for her. She's getting money, okay? Yeah, yeah. She getting she getting that real bread, man. Come on now, get out of here, man. War Games match was definitely way better than any shit I ever seen this year. You got beat by Punk, <laughs> nigga. I got beat by Punk and went right back to the mid card. Fuck out of here, boy. Uh, um, we're gonna do things a little different uh, this week. Obviously, this is our year end show, twenty twenty one. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the shows at the top here. Not much news, quote unquote, real news, quote unquote, happened this week. But shows did happen, and we're 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 barreling towards day one, and I feel like right now, meals there are like there's three WWE shows, right? Two of them seem to have direction. One of them seems to just be kind of flying by the seat of their pants right now, and one that show is SmackDown. I have no clue what like SmackDown to me is a fast forward watch for the past two months at this point. Um. All right. Let's think about SmackDown. What happened on SmackDown? lord all right what opened the show the women opened the show haha yes i do remember that that was the um, best match of the show to me oh yeah easily easily like i didn't think they would give that match as long as they did um but they did and they gave him a lot of time there's a lot of near falls and all stuff like that i think sasha banks and and and, and i think sasha banks tony storm and charlotte did the damn thing and shotzi was just trying to keep up with all the athleticism that was going on around her shotzi scares me man I'm telling you, I said it a couple weeks ago, man. Just her moving scares me. She needs to be a face. I think she really does need to be a face because I think having being a heel means you're dictating so much of the match, but also you're like taking a lot of bumps as well. And I think she needs to be the one giving all these scary bumps instead of the one taking them because she, I don't want to say she seemed out of her element, but it was clear that when you have Sasha Banks and Charlotte in the ring, and then also Tony Storm, and not to say that they're like better than her, but I do think at, they have a lot more like in ring athleticism than her. <laughs> She's kind of like a brawler, kind of like a, a risk taker, all she that moved, other stuff. She, she moved like her ass heavy. Shit. <laughs> Let me shut up. <laughs> she, um, she, <laughs> she moved like her ass heavy. <laughs> but. Good lord! All right, um, but, but nonetheless, it was a great tag team match in general, and I appreciate that match. It made me, you know what? Um, shout out to those women. Uh, Tony Storm gets a win over Charlotte. We are barreling towards next week, where Tony Storm will face Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, yeah. Was it the night before Christmas? Night before Christmas. Yeah, night before okay. Christmas. Yeah. Okay, Friday. so this Friday, yeah, this Friday. So um, I, yeah, I have I, to they, look forward to. They've taped, the they've taped the show, and I hear that it is definitely a must-watch SmackDown. So I am glad about that. It, see, it feels like it's going to be a much better show, and that's because they're focusing. I think it's going to be a really match-heavy show. I don't even think Roman's on the show uh, next week, so As it's going to be, be, yeah, it's going to be a, a very match-heavy, uh, match-heavy show. Um, you had another New Day. I don't know why they're doing running New Day Usos two weeks before. They're supposed to wrestle each other again. And they already had the match. It's already been booked. And they and they ran the match anyway. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. They they 
they're out of ideas with New Day and Uso, and I'm like, why do you keep putting at least put a third team or something? Like, damn, I don't know. They don't have one. Call up, call up Legato, call up somebody, bro. They got little Sotharios, baby. Come on. Oh no, they they got squashed. That that was the most perplexing thing I had ever seen. Is was them getting gender squashed. versus and gender and Shanky. Oh, but you know what? You know what? It does seem like Viking Raiders are starting to get um are starting Just to get that push. Starting to move in a direction. Yeah, they're starting to move in. I will say that because they had that that gender match. They had that same match uh, before mm. SmackDown started when I went. So mm. um, it seems like they are they are getting um, they are they are starting to get in position to, to get that look. And I and honestly, I think that that um, I, I think that uh, they didn't they need the titles. It's been very. It's been long enough that the Viking Raiders have not had the titles. Bro. I don't know. I mean, it really kind of depends on the direction of SmackDown because I really don't know what they're doing with the show. But it seems like they want to keep the bloodline on top, and they really work the most amount of shows, um, especially house shows, everything in between. So I'm not really sure what the direction they could be setting up the Viking Raiders to lose to the Usos. If I was a betting man, that's what I would say. If um, I was a betting man, I'd say Vikings and Drew are the are the are the stable going against the bloodline. In uh, WrestleMania, yeah, in the winter, I I'd say that I I do think that the Usos will get they won't will lose to the New Day. I think they'll lose to like the Viking Raiders or somebody of that sort. Mm, I really interesting. But when you but when it gets more interesting, when you think about Shinsuke Nakamura and and who will face him. It's like who you know he's had that title for a minute with no real feud, and there's a lot of people that are just aimless on on that show, and um. I don't know. Is is like even going to Raw where where you have like Damian Priest facing fucking Dolph Ziggler. It's like Apollo Cruz. But the thing is, you couldn't do Apollo Cruz anymore because they beat him to the ground. And I feel like they're about to cut that that whole. I feel like they're about to cut that character. Really, I feel like he's about to he's about to get a new character. I have no idea. It, it's really. I think the change of pace really slowed him down. But I'm not even sure how well he would have been used on SmackDown at this point either. I don't know. He's really. I I really don't know. It's very very weird. Um. What else is happening on SmackDown? Not much. I don't really care for Rich Holland. Um, no, I don't think anyone. I I I say this right now. Calling him up without Pete Dunne was the biggest mistake they've ever they they could have ever made with him. Calling him up and just not Pete Dunne, just in general, like just yeah. I would have kept Rich Holland down in two point I don't know. He just doesn't seem. He's very bland to me. Without that angle of him being the muscle. I honestly think that whole stable was lit to me that they had an NXT last year. I thought that that was a really good heel stable that they, they weren't actually together that long because injuries and the whole shakeup happened. But um, I thought that was a really cool. They could have called that tandem. up. They never even gave them a name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, they were just guys that were together. But uh, I think the biggest angle on the show was Roman returning at the very end of the show. <laughs> and um in the Paul Heyman segment, which I thought was masterful. It was it was great. And and I think you said it best, Meals. Like, if that's how they're gonna end this Roman uh Brock thing right before the, the go home show, that's the perfect way to go into the holiday. Yeah. I think they do what WWE likes to do a lot at the end of the year is kind of leave this cliffhanger to have you waiting until the top of the year, because usually most of the years at the end of the year don't mean shit. Most of the shows at the end of the year don't mean shit. Um, but they had this kind of this segment. You knew the boom was about to be lowered. Roman Reigns comes out in his new needle mover shirt, which I hate. Um, he comes out. He fires Paul Heyman, which I I always believe. And I said I said Roman Reigns was going to turn on Paul Heyman. It was never going to be Paul Heyman turn on Roman Reigns or anything like that. 
Um, so he turns on Paul Heyman. Superman punches him into oblivion. Brock Lesnar comes out, really gets his true retribution on all of them, suplexes them out their pants, um, and F5s Roman Reigns multiple times and lays him out. And we got that as the last kind of standing remnant thing going into day one. And at this point, it's like, will Brock Lesnar take back Paul Heyman? Will Paul Heyman attempt to go back to the Tribal Chief? What role mm-hmm. will Paul Heyman play in all of this entire thing? But we got until day one to figure it out. And I think it was a great way to... A great way to do this feud. Yeah, a great way mm-hmm. to do do this feud. It's a, it's different than their past ones. Their past yeah. ones, to me, have always kind of seemed like, who's the better man, who's the stronger man, who's this? But there's a lot more story intertwined into this. But... We still have the, I mean, we're going to get to it when we do day one predictions next week, but there's still always like, so what do we do with the title? Yes. <laughs> we're, I, I, listen, I don't want to worry about that this week <laughs> because it's going to make my fucking head hurt yeah. with the, with how I feel like they've kind of booked themselves into a corner here unless they have a plan for one of these guys coming out of it, immediately out of it, you know, right. but um, I thought this was a really strong angle to end off the show, but I would. I would think that like I would think that they're going to do this for a while mm-hmm. until until mania. I, I think it's going to be the issue of will Roman take that title into mania? And I think he will. I really I really think he's going to have the title going into WrestleMania. Um, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Things happened, but not a lot of things of consequence happened, which mm. is, sounds weird. I, I also feel like they were a short staff this week again. <laughs> Man. No riddle, no no riddle on the show. I'm good with that. I needed a break from riddle. I really did need a break from riddle. Riddle can be only an idiot for so many weeks in a row. I think they were out of suits. I think they were out of props. I think they were out of disguises. I think they were out of all things, and it was kind of good and refreshing to see Randy Orton in his element. And maybe you want to do that another week. To be honest with you, I'm sorry, right. but I thought I thought that Orton, I I thought Orton not being able to. Uh to RKO Otis was was good, but if it was not Otis, I would have liked it if it was not Otis being the one that he couldn't RKO. Why couldn't it be Damian Priest as being the one that he can't RKO? That's a great story. I well, because Damian Priest is better. That's why it's a great story. But um Otis being the guy, I think it's just to set up to her next week. And then it's also the build similar to another match that we saw where a person didn't really hit their finishing move until they uh, hit yes. their finishing move. But I think it was a nice build because we're getting Randy Orton versus Otis next week, and you're going to want to pay to see that RKO. Yeah. So it was. I, I think it was a nice little thing. Um, yeah. Again, they love Otis for whatever reason. I don't see it, but hey, you know. He's getting, cra- he getting a crazy push. He's just getting, he just is protected in a way that it's like, it's beyond me because they're not doing anything of significance with him. But when he's in stories, they make sure to like not completely bury him, which is wild. I don't know. I hate it. I was, I'm looking at like a Chucky doll, like, Mm -hmm. like to buy. Why do people buy these? I don't know. Why are you, why? I, I should ask you that question. Why the fuck are you looking at a Chucky doll to buy? I don't know. I'm looking at more. I, I started. I started doing Gundam models this week. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's your fault, by the way. It's and um, I'm 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 trying to get another one because I'm I am now. I might now be in the hobby. I like that. I like a yeah. little hobby. Ain't nothing wrong with a little hobby. 
nothing wrong with a little bit of straightening and hobbies. Mm, interesting. Speaking of straightening, um, yeah. Bianca got hers. Her straightening. Absolutely. On Monday. The biggest the final chapter. Final chapter between her and Dewdrop. Do you think this is the final chapter? Um. Yes, but then I feel like we'll see it at the first Raw of 2022. But yeah, I do think it was the final chapter of this thing. Yeah, I think that. Let, let let's 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 blend two different programs here. That can I do that? I think we sure. should be giving. I think we should be giving Dewdrop the props that people are giving Liv Morgan right now. Ooh, all right, you're all right. We now we're cooking with grease. Let's see what's going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I think that, and just to speak on on Dewdrop, I think she has been saddled with a lot of things that a lot of people, including I think Liv Morgan, would not have been able to come back from, and would not have been able to handle the way that Dewdrop has, being teamed up with Eva Marie, having a stupid name some really weird booking at first but then switching it over and rising to the occasion giving Zelina a really good match in Saudi Arabia being able to wrestle in Saudi Arabia in general is is a, is a big moment for her in her first year on the on the roster and to make and to give Bianca a secondary feud while she waits for this whole thing to be over with and give her three really good matches to turn heel in order to do that and to be an effective heel that gets booed and doesn't and people don't just sit on their hands when she comes out but to make Bianca the sympathetic baby face and make her look good in, 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 in the whole thing. The Bianca Dewdrop series, here's my thing. I know I asked if I wanted to be the final chapter. I don't, I don't, I want to see more from them because I think Bianca got better working with her. I want to see like a we're good for now. I think we can revisit it later, but I think we're good for now. Like the the big moment happened. I don't want to like. I, I don't think you want to take away from the big moment because that's going to be replayed until the end of time of her just lifting Dewdrop on her shoulders and hitting her with the KOD because you literally, like I said, with the Randy Orton thing, it's been weeks of building up to this moment. And then when it finally happened, you saw the people standing up on their feet, slowly rising. I thought it was a great visual. And you can feel like kind of the the crowd all react at the same they got time. Up. Yeah. And... It was one of the, probably the best moments of 2021 right at the end, like literally right at the end, because it was just built towards that moment. And I think, you know what, Dewdrop does deserve a lot of praise because I think whoever decided her to like skip the regular NXT thing was a really good idea. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dewdrop in her role right now is she understands what she has to do. She understands that the role she's in and She's kind of living up to it, but she's I, in comparison to Liv, for instance. I think, I think they're playing different roles, which is why I don't want to compare them too much. I think they're no, they're, I'm, they're, I'm not comparing. Them. I'm saying, I'm saying, I feel like I feel like Dewdrop deserves that love. I'm not comparing their their anything. I'm just sure. saying that I feel like people are sleeping on what Dewdrop's doing in order to because I and I and I if the only thing I could compare it to is is people playing the role. And, and that I feel like Liv is playing the role because I feel like here's the thing with Liv, like she automatically is going to get that support because she's just likable in general. And she's yeah. really she's active on social media. And that's what people that she's she is a pro. She's the prototypical. Uh, she is the 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 prototype of what you will want to be in order to get over in this company. Be active mm-hmm. on socials. Be really cool. Dress really cool. Have your own style. Be yourself. 
and it reflects if people really want to see it. However, mm-hmm. that's where to me it stops at this point. And I've tr- and I've tried to be silent. I tried to give it a chance, and I've really I really have. But I don't think this had like I, I just it's not working for me comparative mm-hmm. to what Dewdrop has been able to do and being like okay I was iffy on her turning heel, but then she showed me that she could be a really good heel because she went above and beyond, including being active on social and being kayfabe on social with everything she's doing. You know what right. I'm saying? So it, like it's a comparison in that sense, not their skills, but in the sense of like they have to you know one understands the assignment and one is kind of playing the assignment. I think Liv, I think Liv just in general needs, I don't know what she needs currently. So I'm watching that promo last night and I end up tuning out because I think it went rather long. Um, But to be in these top positions, I think you got to go, you got to be able to have these long promos. So I think it was more so putting her in the position and say, let's see what she's got. But I don't think it comparatively come across. And I think that's a lot of it because of the performance of it. It came off more so as she's playing a character reading a script, which everyone is playing a character to an extent, but it's not, there was no true connection with the fans in terms of what she was saying. And I think you have to be able to um, emote, you have to be able to perform, you have to be able to pause, you have to be able to go, you have to be able to do things and kind of not like read it and kind of like go, just go through the words that you're trying to say. You have to express them. And I think that's what Liv lacks in terms of these promos is that there's not a lot of expression with the things that she does. Um, there will be a times where she'll be like, shut the hell up. And everyone everyone will pop because that's a cheap pop. It just is what it is. Chris Jericho has been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be able to, I look at a Bianca Belair and I look at how expressive she is and the moment she takes and she'll take a pause. She'll look at it. She'll add her own flair to it because she's different than everybody else. And she wants to appear different for everybody else. What's her, you know, defining characteristics, what are defining traits, what are her, you know, stuff like that. Um, she does that kind of thing where live. I don't think she's necessarily found that as of yet. I don't think she's found her defining trait. Um, I think she's, not necessarily regressed, but I think she was a little bit more chaotic before. And that seems to have gone away a bit because I think she's very worried about the moment currently, but she mm-hmm. needs to lose herself a little bit in the moment as opposed to kind of uh, kind of trying to live up to it. She needs to lose herself in it. And I think that's the major difference between her and kind of like what everyone else is maybe doing right now. That's when Becky comes out. Becky's able to like, Becky can get the commands a crowd. Yeah. She commands a crowd. And I I think that there's too much like kind of blame, like, like, like it's, it's okay to say it's not working. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to say that not, not, it's not working because I mean, obviously the fans do still support her, but it's like, I think that it is weird that everyone like, I've seen it that where people are literally turning on Bianca right now. And it's like, well, it's, it's Liv's time now. And I'm like, well, Bianca's time isn't really over. <laughs> She's just, they just can't run Becky Bianca for fucking months. You know what I mean? Like what, what are y'all really saying? You know what I mean? Like there, there's no, there's nothing defensible and there's nothing wrong with, with, with Liv being in a, in a, in, in a secondary Becky feud. It's the moment, it's really the moment and the opportunity that matters. And if she learns from it, but mm-hmm. I do. I don't feel like she's learning much from being in this position with Becky. I feel like she needed. She needs to be built up a little more. Maybe give her a Dewdrop next. I. I do. I, maybe give her Zelina or somebody else next or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, she did Zelina already. But like, 
I, I, I feel like the moment might be too big for her right now. It, 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 might, it, it just really yeah. might be too big for her. It could be. I think... Um, but I like that she's getting the opportunity nonetheless. But it definitely could be. I think it's yeah. important for other wrestlers to get... Similar to Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair, for instance. Like I think it's just important that we not continue to rotate the same challengers or a mm-hmm. variation of it or something of the rather. I think it's mm-hmm. important because I think it creates a great ecosystem for the women's division and saying so now that Liv has gotten this rub in a sense when she goes on to her next feud which may be with Dewdrop which may be with Zelina again or something along those lines she's of a bigger quality and a bigger importance so I think definitely, that that's what they want to do it's definitely looking like the top four in the women's in the singles at least division right now is like it's going to be Liv, Dewdrop, Bianca, Becky that's like your face baby face face mix right now that, and that's a good that's a good that's a good squad to run with you know what I mean like I'm not mad at that at all. I think they're they're all talented, but you know, I I just felt like again, the Bianca stuff still works for me because Bianca is just such a natural baby face that everyone loves. The live Becky thing, it's like it feels like they're it's it do, it feels like they're on two different levels. I think that's that that's the best way to describe it. It it like when you see it, it feels like okay, one of these people is on another level, and then this one person is on this level, and she's not there yet. And that's what I feel like it is when I watch it. Becky just is a star, man. And, and there's not many people that can like kind of stand next to her in her in her spotlight, but Bianca does. Or Charlotte does. I mean, obviously Charlotte does. Sasha does. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only a certain amount of people that can do that. But it's her job and it's Booking's job to bring Liv up to that, to that point. And I just to be fair, they're giving Liv a lot, Meals. <laughs> they are really they really are giving her, they're giving her promo time, they're giving her weekend jobs and stuff like that, where she likes yeah. beating like, Becky in the gym and shit like that. They are giving her a chance. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, quick thing before, because I think we should transition from Raw to our year end at some point. Um, yeah. Thoughts on AJ and Omos's breakup? They did about eight weeks of booking in two weeks. I'm cool with it because I'm I'm I am legitimately tired of AJ getting clean wins on everybody. Uh, the matches next week, we'll see if Omos can sink or swim. I think he has been somewhat protected by AJ for the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, the thing is, is like, wh- how far does this go? You know what I mean? Because we've seen this happen with like Braun. We've seen it happen with a bunch of people where it's like, okay, this person is really, really awesome. They're really dope, but they're still kind of really green. I'm just scared that in six weeks, meals, people are going to be saying after Royal Rumble, for for instance, people are going to be saying he needs a title right now. And I'm like, I, I, okay, no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He needs a little right. bit more. I, I worry about where he will go when he is not in a tag team, because there are not many places for him to go in a single, in a singles, position right now and they've booked him so strong that it's like we've never even seen him get pinned before so i'm, I'm i don't know what they're gonna do no absolutely and then what did you kind of make of the the we're at this fatal four-way you know yes. thing what do you kind of odd, make of this program odd, this shit, odd shit last week with that bobby lashley stuff really odd stuff but um it looks like bobby's gonna turn he, he how do you feel about him like like I, I feel like he it's fine if he turns face. I know he's probably not going to, but it's like he's been a he's he's been a heel for so damn long, bro. You know, I feel like uh he has been. It looks like they're obviously doing something between Seth and KO getting a little bit of a thing on him, and then it looks like he's trying to, you know, 
maneuver himself away from MVP. So obviously they're doing something with him. They haven't even brought her business back. They brought her business back for one week. Them, <laughs> I was like, what? What happened to that? Yeah. Um, but I'm not mad at a Bobby face turn because I think, yeah, I think it's time. It's been really the roughly the same character for quite a bit. I think we can we can use for some change. We can stand for some change and stuff like that. We don't have to have the big dominating Bobby Lashley anymore. We can go back to him being explosive and powerful. And hopefully at this time, I think he would, as compared to his first face run, I think he will have garnered the approval of a lot of the audience at this point. So it will be a lot more successful. But I'm all for if they want to change him to a face. But yeah, ending of Raw was delightful um i hate that we have to wait three hours to get to it um i do not think this fatal four-way feud should close shows it's just not no one cares <laughs> like by the end of the show no one cares i would have preferred like for instance like um like a Miz edge thing like not that's not a show closer but it's something different you know that you're looking forward to as opposed to like okay everything that i really enjoyed ended at like 10 12 so what am i really doing at this point um so that's my only beef with it but yeah let's turn let's turn bobby let's turn bobby so before we get to the year end stuff we would literally just remember (laughs) (laughs) we literally just remember the biggest news of the week and and that is because just so much stuff is happening uh it was announced last week by fightful uh that kevin owens has re-signed with the wwe uh multi-year contract he said himself that that uh on an interview uh in canada that this was the perfect idea. This is the perfect choice for him and his family. He sees himself in WWE for the you know for the remainder, uh, for uh, for however long, and he feels like he belongs. This of course caused a lot of people anger and anguish. And, and, and <laughs> if he and, wants to stay there and it's how they treat him, by all means, I guess he can do his best for his family. But. Yeah, like <laughs> that's not what I would have done, type shit. But again, this, this calls into question and it calls into into conversation the the expectation of these people online and what they had like, again the tribalism and the expectation they have of these people you know have making completely human decisions for themselves and people, decisions people would like literally this this signing would have meant nothing three years ago it would have meant absolutely nothing three years ago but it means a lot now but um how do you feel about the resigning uh meals you know i felt a sense of relief um because I like KO, and I think I've realized that last week, Monday, especially as he's doing his heel thing, that I would really love KO to stay because I do think that there would be a little bit of a void. You always need KO's one of those characters where he can be a very, he's a heel heel, but when he's a face, he always gives, he's one of those faces with like, what do you call it? When you think someone is going to win and then they never win, but you always just hope they win. I think you, I don't know, but you need people like that. I think he's such like, I don't want to say like an everyman character, but I think he's garnered so much like, what's the word? Damn, I'm losing all these words today. Um, I think he's garnered so much great, a great relationship with the people itself mm-hmm. that it would be hard to see him go and try to wedge himself back into that old community that he was in. Um which, I mean, I think it would have been probably easy for him, but it also would have been like a knife, like trying to really wedge something in to this product where Kevin Owens currently 
he has a role within the WWE system, believe it or not. I mean, whether he wins or not, he definitely has a role and he has a place there and he's featured quite actively. So to wedge him in between the Adam Coles and the Bobby Fishes and the Adam Page and the Dark Orders and the Young Bucks and all this other thing like that probably could have made it happen, but probably something else would have been compromised in the thing. I love that he made the decision for his family. I love that he probably re-upped and they probably like shook him down and he was like, yo, <laughs> This is a stand up. I want this, this, that, and the third. And he's they were like, Yeah, if we get to keep you. So yeah. um I thought it was great. Shout out what to Kevin. Think? What do you think? I, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Kevin. I, I I think again, like you said, I don't really I never saw him fitting. I, I, I of the three, I thought that it would be KO and, and Johnny staying, obviously. Well, Johnny hasn't really said either way. Well, nah, well, I always thought I thought KO was gonna go. Okay. I thought I, I thought KO was gonna stay. I thought KO was going to go. I thought Gargano was definitely staying. KO, um, Kyle O'Reilly was going to go. I think it, it would have been easy for KO to go because he's like right up there with the Moxley thing. Yeah. Like he could go there and become a king. But, you know, he doesn't have to. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And, and, I think that, <clears throat> I mean, in the last two years, he's definitely shown what, like during the pandemic era, he's definitely shown why he's important there. Um, and, and why he's definitely valued and needed. But I think we're getting to the point where WWE has kind of <clears throat> let, you know, a lot of people go, but now they have the core people that they want to stay and they'll give them anything that they want to stay, whether they you know want to leave or not, they have, a, they have the books open for them. And, and I think that it's fine that they, that they do that. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. They get, they, they get KO back, but it's like, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to let this guy go because he's definitely a, a big part of, of their overall strategy in terms of having these big heels, having these, uh, having these established faces and heels and, and stars that they can, they can turn to. But what did you feel about the Vince McMahon saying he likes to, to fire people on raw thing? Um, uh, I don't know. I was, it's weird that this is also a controversial decision as well. This is the fact that we're in in 2021, where it's like my thoughts on it of him just saying like he says that all the time is like yeah. a wild, controversial decision because people were fired, but like also people are fired every year. Um, from the people WWE. were fired. People were fired the year he started saying he started firing people on the TV show. Yeah, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> but like, then, oh, all the time people were like, "Well, not 200." I'm like, "Well, you know, tomato, tomato, brother." Like, yeah. <laughs> When there was at the late end of 1999, 1998, when WCW was still doing this thing, many people were let go. He couldn't keep everybody. And in real life, he was firing people on television and saying, like, I enjoy this. I'm a megalomaniac. This is the character that I am. I think he's really trying to message you guys, and you guys are assholes for taking it. You're falling. They're definitely falling for it. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. He's not, he don't really care. And you don't care neither. Stop playing. Um, Another quick thing, another quick thing before we end up transitioning to the year end thing. Um, because this is part of the internet conversation. The the Lash Legend Dante Martin thing, which turned into a thing. Yeah, it turned into more attacks on us, which we talk yes. about on the Patreon. We talk about it on the Patreon. So Lash Legend, I don't even think it's a botch, it's a bad elbow drop. That's <laughs> it. The <a>, yeah. <laughs> so Ray, Ray was safe. Lash Legend probably shouldn't have landed that way. Yeah, but. it's a bad elbow drop, but I also think it's like, 
I like I like both of them, but I can admit when like gee, that's a bad elbow drop and the man overshot that thing and hit them in the knee in the face. Like <laughs> why can't we why can't we both admit these certain things? But also it's like with the Dante Martin thing, it's like now people are like, oh, you don't give him, you know, when this Lash Legend thing is, and people now people are taking sides, and this is your side is always on, and we talked about this on the Patreon in full. But like, we don't have to make this a thing every time. Please stop. Please stop. Now it's true. If someone had did that, <laughs> if some if some things happened in AEW that happened in WWE, if WWE does that sixty minute draw, people are gonna react badly. And no. it would it happened, and it was true because they did one two years ago in an Iron Man match, and I was pretty mad at it. Um, but like, come on! Just at the end of the day, this is pro wrestling. Like, shut the hell up! Like, seriously, guys, it's not that deep. Nothing no. is that deep. And Lash Legend, I think, is judging from what I've seen, she still needs a lot of work. But I think she can. She does not need to be on NXT that long because she's got the character part figured out. Yeah, uh, I well, I think she should be there about as long as Bianca was there on TV, like maybe a year and a half, two years. But like WWE got a, they got a factory full of them. <laughs> okay so you're gonna look you're gonna you're gonna look back at that elbow drop uh in two years when she's doing fucking 450 no one's looking back at that elbow drop in two years this is what the, <laughs> first of all it's 205 live no one really watches it y'all really critiquing 205 live and then people are mad at us for also pointing out the dante barton botch as well and it's like well you know people making fun of him when this black man's in the main event of AEW show and this is what they wanted and i'm like in my brain i was like yo he wasn't even like pivotal part of the closing of the show (laughs) and the main event was the first match that took 60 minutes to be real with you but he wasn't even part of the pivotal part of the show the man rolled out the ring then CM Punk came down. Then Sting and Darby Allen came down, and suddenly it became about the white guys again. So relax. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so relax. The man wasn't even part of the finish, which was be- which I think was the biggest thing in general. Because just to do my little diatribe, they took Dante Martin away from Leo Rush and said he's turning on Leo Rush to go to Team Taz. And I'm like, are you dead ass? Okay, whatever. Two <laughs> weeks later. He turns on Team Taz because he's now in this match with MJF. So he turns on him for no reason at all. Then he's in this match with MJF. Team Taz interferes. Dante loses. So it was like he turned on Team Taz for no reason. He turned on Leo for no reason at all. So now he's by himself. And then he's not even factored into the closing segment of the show. So I don't know. That's my thing. And with that, let us move into... No breaks here. Let's move into the first half of our 2021 year end. Uh, just, just overall, just the year in wrestling has been, I think, I, this is, I mean, you know, negativity, weird shit, really bad shit, notwithstanding. This has been, like, probably one of the most popping years for wrestling as soon as the fans came back. Like, July on has just been popping for, for the, whole, the whole year. I agree. I mean, the summer was pretty hot. Like, the summer was pretty good for this year. I would say so. I think our transition from getting out of the Thunderdome and just no fans to having fans back was a great thing, especially compared to 2020. But it seemed like there were just no fans ever, and we kind of had to judge off of that. Um, 2021, I will kind of remember as the year, like, in terms of just 
it's the year AEW took a jump. It's a year the WWE kind of changed the model of their business. It is the year construction happens outside of my window consistently and you know, for all the fucking time. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it was just a year of kind of transition. I think COVID for other places like Impact Wrestling and New Japan, COVID is still really taking a major effect on how they kind of do business. Um, unless just uh, unless I don't know, Impact just didn't have that many people in the first place. But um, there was a lot of I would say like the world of wrestling is beginning to change and a lot of it happened this year and a lot of people are not going to be able to handle how it changes in a popular sense like right a lot of things change but uh, but also like a lot of things went down you know we're going to talk about it in some of our year-end stuff but like i i feel like that i feel like american promotions for the for the first time like all of them are kind of on top in terms of just like the the conversation new japan was a part of that conversation for a really long time. And I feel like COVID really fucked them up this year. I, I think there was no, there was really, I, I think there was one new Japan match that that could probably be considered in my top 10, but it did not make this list this year. And I think that's the first, that's the first time for me on the, since we've been doing year in, like I've at least had one new Japan match on there. And I could, I could think that the only one that I would put up there was probably, uh probably like, uh, I think Shingo versus Okada probably the only one I would put up there and um mm. and I, it's 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 not in the top it's not really like in the top like there was a lot of great matches this year <laughs> and and I think that with New Japan being so hobbled as they are they were able to kind of get overtaken so hopefully in 2022 they can they can come back strong but um we're going to start out today with match of the year speaking of matches match of the year ooh i'm being all right come on construction guy all right um <laughs> So my match of the year belongs to Ilya Dragunov versus Walter Two, which it might have been. Let me look at 2020 itself. No, it wasn't in my top match of the year for 2020, but it certainly was there for 2000. Which how the fuck did that happen? But 2021, I mean, these guys completely brutalized themselves. It was just like when you when you look at that pay per view, which it happened, which I think it was NXT Takeover 36. Yeah, 36. Yes. So the end of an era. Um. Truly went out in a brutal fashion because that match was fucking incredible. Like that match was like five stars without a doubt. And it kind of had everything that you look for to in an NXT match and just kind of like with the UK guys in general. And Walter finally being dethroned after a jillion years of being champion to me and giving it to Ilya Dragunov and really giving him that run and giving him that push to me was fucking incredible. So that is my winner of match of the year. And then my runner up was the triple threat match at WrestleMania between Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Um, I just thought three of these guys had this great story going in of like guys who could have had their careers ended by debilitating moments or diseases or injuries or something along those lines. And the fact that they were able to take those three things, I, I, I give that to Edge. I feel like he's the one who like likes to intertwine all that backstory into things when they aren't necessarily 
um, called upon, but he does it anyway for the sake of the feud. But those three guys and then meeting up at the main event of WrestleMania, knowing this is Daniel Bryan's possibly last WrestleMania for a long time. This is Edge's first WrestleMania main event for a long time. And we're in the middle of this Roman Reigns run that's kind of unprecedented. And those three guys delivered in a way that I didn't know I even needed because I didn't want Daniel Bryan in this match. But when when it was all said and done, he was one of the best parts of this match. Um yeah. So those are my kind of two matches of the year thus far. What say you, Justin? So my match of the year, and I I I really looked through every single match that I watched this year. Um, I watched a lot of wrestling this year, and I was told and, and I I was told to watch this specific match a couple of months ago. And I said I, I heard so much about it and I watched it and me and Cyrus talked about it. We reviewed it on spot callers this year. And there was just no doubt about it that uh, I had to, we, we had this, you know, we had to, we had to have this match on the, as the top matches of the year. So um, my match of the year was Utami Hayashishita versus Siori from uh, Stardom Tokyo Dream Cinderella. Uh, it is, just take, just take the fact that there are women out of it. This is one of the, this, I, I didn't see a, a, a single match in either any promotion this year that had the amount of of just determination of character of, of any of that stuff that they had in this match it it is literally something that you have to see to believe like they these two women killed each other out there but then not only not only did they, did they do that they've they they made a believer out of me and <laughs> that i i felt like you know i would watch stardom I say this is really good, and I, and I thought a lot of the matches were strong, but I was like, man, like it's just it's missing that one character thing to me, and I and I thought what Siori uh, Siori brought to the match really gave a like the the desperation that she wanted to get this title was such a such a great story to me, and I've watched this match at least three times this year, and I and I and I think the only other match I've done that with is probably my runner up, but I love this match. I think anyone should try and find this match, chase it down. Utami versus Siori, Stardom Tokyo Dream Cinderella was my match of the year. Shout out to everyone that that you know said that we had to watch this match. You guys were definitely right. This is my match of the best match of 2021 to me. And my runner up was Walter versus Druganoff in NXT Takeover 36. Not much to say here that Mills hasn't already said, but I thought that again the determination, the character, the storytelling that they had, and I thought this had like such a. I thought this had the most epic story in, the, in all of WWE because Walter hasn't been de- hasn't been defeated. But for Druganoff to to pull it out and actually do it was incredible. I think that it was the best match on that card on that show and, and and there was a lot of really good like you know that's what we mm-hmm. were waiting for and and i and i thought that that was like that made that show like a one match show in terms of just that just being it so that was my uh match of the year uh runner up rather those are my two matches of the year though mm, all right next up feud of the year I think we both got the same winner here, so we can we can just talk about it here. Our feud of the year is Edge versus Seth Rollins. I mean, Edge is my personal goat, but just the feud that he had with Seth Rollins, I mean, this was years in the making. This was years. This was going back since 2014. Again, Edge is someone who likes to take a lot of the backstory that maybe that they won't pay attention to or at least put into the program and really – blossom the feud off of that i think edge versus seth rollins battle of egos battle of does he still have it i think this ascended edge to the next level 
which is very weird to say. Um, well, for- well, I wouldn't say like like I wouldn't say send it. I think that it, it solidified him as being back. And you know what? I feel like here's here's how I feel about this in terms of ascending to the next level. I feel like it did because as someone who truly came up in the attitude era and then we watched him grow, I think a lot of the memories with Edge has a lot to do with character work. And he was a great in-ring person, but there weren't necessarily many matches that truly like kind of like stand out outside of the stunts. You know what I'm saying? People will say the ladder matches, people will say all these other things, the TLC matches, all the other stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But you remember the moments. You remember him slapping John Cena's dad into oblivion. You remember all the other stuff like that. Edge is certified in that way, and he's absolutely a Hall of Famer and a legend. But for him to come up and now to transition to this age, and I think a lot of it, even with the Randy stuff, I think he's was still working in that kind of like that past edge mode. But I think with going against Seth Rollins, I think he adapted to a lot of the style that we see today. Mm-hmm. A lot of the near falls, a lot of the expressions, a lot of the back and forth, just kind of like solid in-ring work that I don't think we've seen at any point of his career. He's had great matches with people, but I don't think we've seen like the effort and the and the intensity and the just i don't know just i think he's working on a different level than he was before it's just in my opinion and i think he's more so adapting to the styles of today as opposed to like the styles of yesterday or or taking a cheap way out and just working a much more easier style i think he's very much so a fan of the daniel bryans of the seth Rollins, of the johnny garganos and i think i can see that in a lot of the style that he works today yeah yeah, no, I I think that Seth was the perfect foil for him, just not, not not only just with character, but in terms of just style. I feel like he can work any style. And for Edge to say, like like we say this before, like Edge really overthinks his matches. Like they, they, none of that has, has ever been more true than in the Randy Orton program. And I think that the 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 overthinking, I th- I honestly think he's overthinking the Miz thing right now. Like I think I think I like I think they're overthinking that feud. It just needs to be simple, and they're making it really like complicated. This was a time where it's like I feel like he worked with another great mind that probably overthinks their shit too, and it uh, and it worked because it, in any other few such showing up to somebody's house would have been like okay like they're overdoing it but it worked here because it, it worked into the the fact that Edge loves his family so much you know so like I I really thought that and it for for it to culminate in a Hell in a Cell was great I, th- I think the Hell in a Cell is probably my top five matches of the year it was so enjoyable right so it's like. I, I, I think not only was Edge back, but what we're seeing now is a different, like you said, it's a, it's a different Edge. And it solidified him being, I am different. I'm going to be working different matches and you're going to see me do different things. So um, I am very glad that we both picked that for a few of the year. I was very shocked, but I was like, okay, we finally, we, we agreed. <laughs> we, we, we really agreed on something here. I don't know how you were shocked. This is Edge, baby. Come on. All right. All right. See, look, look at this. Uh, runner up. What was your runner up? My runner-up was Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. I think um, the, albeit Kenny Omega being kind of a dork for the rest of, for majority of the year, I think just them blossoming this feud from them being tag team partners. It's one of the rare things where it's like, um, like I had a comment about an AEW feud like a week ago. People probably say I'm hating, but the shit literally make no sense because they just buried Leo Rush for no reason. But, um... (laughs) 
I think this is one of those things where, and I think maybe it might be an elite thing, where they really took their time with it. And mm-hmm. they they paced themselves. Adam Page, Kenny Omega, former tag team champions, have worked together. You know, Adam Page, eventually Kenny Omega does his own thing, gets to his own heights, blah, blah, blah. Um, Adam Page just kind of have to refine himself all over again. He takes a break from television. He loses the title to shot. He takes a break from television to go have his kid. He comes back on his cowboy shit and he eventually wins the match. It is better than probably when I first kind of like truly witnessed Adam Page. It was when he was in that AEW championship match, the first one against Chris Jericho. And mm-hmm. at the time you knew he wasn't ready at that time because no one really gave a shit about him. I think he is now blossomed into a character and he has found his niche a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. He can still be overshadowed by Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan eclipses the best of them. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he just, he just, he's better than everyone else by a lot. It's I like heard, it's, I, heard the, I heard the check cash just now. <laughs> <laughs> he just, I mean, it, it, but it's true. It's like he's better than everybody else by a lot. <laughs> so yeah. even the fact that they did that draw, we haven't even talked about that draw. But Ill, Ill, um, uh, I, I only have one thing to say about that draw. Uh, ill-advised. <laughs> I agree. Um, but to build up to this moment and you got that match and you got the moment of it, it took away from it. It, it, it was kind of really like a nice AEW kind of born feud. Didn't include CM Punk, didn't include Daniel Bryan, didn't include Adam Cole, didn't include anybody who came from WWE. This is all AEW built. So I thought that was nice for them. I think Adam Page versus Kenny Omega did it for the year. Yeah, my runner-up, controversial here, I know. But I really liked Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. I thought that it what? was... What? I know, I know. I really thought that it was... I, I thought that once, you, once you're once you gobsmacked by something that just makes no sense, and then you kind of let it play out, you could probably enjoy the thing if you're just not if you're not caught up on the one moment. I think that I thought, it is... Go ahead. No, I mean, I thought they did amazing, like, beyond just great in-ring work, like all the stuff outside of the ring was incredible as well. I thought that, and like I, I look at the homecoming segment for Bianca when they were in um in her hometown that one night, and I look at those, I look at those as moments where both Becky and Bianca got to shine, where Becky was trying to get over this heel character. For all intents and purposes, WWE took a gamble, and I think one thing people don't they they forget about that moment is that there was someone that did not show up to wrestle that night that it happened. And I feel like when you talk about that moment and the gamble that was made there creative wise, you have to remember that that's, this was an audible. This feud was an audible meals. Like it was supposed, it wasn't supposed to be this. I so, agree. I want, I want to write the story because no one has written the story about that yet. And I'm just like, yo, like you understand, like if this was the NBA, there'd be a long ESPN article about how all this thing happened, and the fact that yeah. there hasn't been an article, like nothing from Sports Illustrated or anything Forbes or anything of the right, you know, some like granted great publication, right. but like that hasn't been written about that moment yet. And when everything kind of switched to me is insane. But yeah, and, and no one. Going. And the thing about that moment is that no one talks about it. I mean, it was like no one says like, oh, now I get why they had to do that, but like. This is beside the point of, 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 you know, what I'm really trying to say here. But it's like, yo, like this was a this was a gamble that they took where they said, get Becky. We need to turn you now because we don't know where this is going to go. We don't know when this person is going to come back. So we need to turn you now. 
So this is how we're going to do it because we're going to make people mad, but we're going to build up Bianca in, in, in the sense and we're going to we're going to give her that story to, to eventually probably get the belt back. So you have that moment. I know it's going to piss me. I know it pisses people off and people are going to talk about it in the same. People are going to talk about this moment in the same sense. They talk about the Booker T moment, even though the even though the optics are not there <laughs> for that moment, like this was literally what they said it was. And then it turns into Becky becoming more of a heel and, and Bianca getting cheered over her. I think the reason why I love the rivalry is because it showed that in every level, Mills, like Bianca is better than her, but she had to cheat every single time to to beat her. And I think that it it's 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 it was good in the sense that we needed to get Becky back in position. We needed to get her ready again, but we needed to to rise Bianca as well. And I think it was a rare, a rare feud where everyone came out of it, even though Bianca lost the belt. Oh my God. But she came out better because she ended up being sole survivor in Survivor Series. She ended up getting all of these opportunities after after the fact. Like she ended up being a bigger star because of it. And when she gets the title, it's gonna mean more again. So I love this feud. Love Becky, love Bianca. I love when these two work together. They're two of my favorite wrestlers right now. So I loved it. Um Guilty Pleasure of the Year. And this is usually like our where where it's like either a promotion, a performer, or something that happened that we just love to see on our screen. I'll start here. My guilty pleasure of the year, 2021, LA Knight, okay? No one understood why I love this motherfucker so much until War Games, but LA Knight to me has it, man, and not in like an EC3 type of way. <laughs> like LA Knight is a big goof that can cut really funny promos and say, yeah, all the time. And I think he's funny. I think he's great. Like, you know, in ring, he's not one of the flippy guys, but he's he is uh, he's, he's serviceable to a point. I think his matches with Cameron Grimes are really great. And I think that he he really does provide that veteran kind of leadership on NXT 2.0 where a lot of people really have really solid matches with him. And I, and I think he ended up being someone that when he's on the screen, like I know a lot of people don't you know, feel a way about him and call him old and shit like that. But I really think he's probably one of the most talented people in that roster. When you think of that transition from NXT and you know, a lot of people saying like they're getting rid of all the old people. And then you're like, but what about LA Knight? He's 39 yeah. years old. Um, he's literally... Luke Perry on 90210. Um, but he's managed to figure his role into it. And I think they'll be better to have him around. And I think he's going to be a great player once he eventually moves up to the main roster. And I'm not mean like great player, like challenging Roman Reigns or something, but I think he'll be in a role where you can kind of slot him into anything. Yeah. So props to LA Knight. My guilty pleasure of the year was Reggie. <laughs> That boy flips. Boy, that boy flips. He just, I mean, it's not, he's not on TV long enough for me to truly be like, oh, fuck this guy again. And what he does is incredible. I can't even, it's Reggie. Like, have you seen him? He fought Sasha Banks earlier this year. And wow. That boy was killing. Hey, he, he was killing. Look at what he did. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he started off a thing with Carmella and then he got bigger than Carmella. And then they were like, we got to move him around. He was a Nia Jax. They eventually shifted him off that 24-7 champion. Now he's doing stuff with white women and, you know. That boy, he cannot stay away from white women, boy. He just can't. It just is what it is. Um, So, yeah, that's my guilty pleasure of the year. And my runner-up is NXT's women's tag team division. Um, It started this year. It was rough. It was rough. It still is rough, in my opinion, because there's really like only like three contenders. NXT women tag team thing, it shouldn't be a thing, but I get it. 
at this point, it's really just to have other people doing other things. And it now I'm making wild stretch excuse for it. I think it's to help develop <laughs> a lot of relationships. I think both tag team championships help develop a lot of relationships between people who have never had relationships on the roster. So now eventually when that Persian girl turns on what's her face? Um, Mrs. Loomis. Um, oh, uh, Indy, Indy, Indy. When she eventually turns on Indy and crushes her like a fucking like a crab leg and just pull her shit off um you'll know it started in the nxt women's tag team division and i don't think you have a lot of views like that except the obviously bailey versus sasha thing so and then they had a lot of great matches like it gave ember moon something to do gave Shotzi something to do gave um you know tegan Knox some shit to do so yeah um yeah uh my guilty pleasure again we're going to nxt 2.0 this is like the guilty pleasure show uh, Joe Gacy. A lot of people were really mad about Joe Gacy, but I think that he's he is definitely someone that in ring is really good, but also has a character that I don't think we've seen before. And NXT is really good for the cult characters, but I think that the way he's approaching it in terms of like being like the PC police type type thing is such a good jab at everything we see in the IWC right now. And I I think that it, it is like it's hilarious. I think I think he's good, and I and I want to see more members to his uh. His woke collective, if you will, and I think he's going to be changing two hundred five live. So I want to see how that happens. So, um, next up, most improved twenty twenty one meals. Who was your most improved wrestler? My most improved wrestler was Damian Priest, and when you come from NXT and the matches that he had there, maybe not a lot to improve. But when you talk about being able to step up on the main roster and have these WrestleMania matches at Miz and Morrison, have these steel. Not steal, not really steal the show, but probably still have the best match on SummerSlam um, with Sheamus in yeah. a role that I didn't see. Like, he's he won over the crowd in that aspect. And I think he's just been great in every situation that he's been put in. Right. And he has not been pinned in a one-on-one match in 2021, which is... I don't know if they know that, but maybe we should bring it up. They mentioned it a lot. Well, they didn't mention they hadn't been pinned, but they did mention that he's on a run last night on um on Raw. So he's just doing he's he's good in any position that he has. And it's interesting to see where he was gonna come from. Remember originally there was plans for him to call him up with KO. Mm-hmm. Um then I guess the bad bunny deal happened and they thought this was a natural fit. And it was. So I'm giving it to Damian Priest. Cool. Damian who's, Priest. who's your most improved? My most improved is Adam Page. I feel like Adam Page was lost for a while uh, on AEW programming. And, you know, as I was watching throughout the summer and, and some of the early fall, he was someone who had turned it around completely in terms of getting fan reactions. And I think that that is the reason why he's the champion today. I'm very interested in seeing how they book a baby face of his caliber and because He's, he is the traditional baby face for AEW, right? Like, I felt like Moxley was not that. He was somebody that was very much like not the traditional baby face that they, they tried to book him that way. He was like the stone cold light over there. But like Adam Page is very much like the kind of, ironically, Daniel Bryan kind of face where it's like, you know, he's the he is the, the kind of the people's champion in a lot of ways. And it's going to be interesting to see how they book him. But I think in terms of just getting people to give a shit, Adam Page is definitely that babyface. There's nobody on that show like him, babyface-wise. And that's why I think he's definitely the most improved in a company full of bullshit. 
Um, am I Cody probably right? thinks he is. Cody probably thinks he is. Though. <laughs> and and they, like, the people are just if if they're reacting, it's a good thing. <laughs> I hate uh-huh. that. Hey, the, the the game needs Cody, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the game needs him. Um, my runner up is a, is another person that I feel like fits that bill, and that's Cameron Grimes on NXT. He, I I think that he has improved in terms of just taking that character and and over the pandemic, no, like seeing the AMC and the and the Doge coin and all that stuff, the way they re redid his character, who again was racking up mad losses and was just like really kind of aimless at the beginning of the pandemic. And bring him, bring him around is something that fans got behind. I feel like the million dollar uh, title angle really solidified him, and he is to me again like Adam Page is a babyface on that show that is unlike any other babyface on the show because he's so traditional, and people love him for that. And I and I think it's ridiculous that he hasn't, he's not even in any title picture. So that makes me feel like they're gonna call him motherfucker up. So if that's the case, Cameron Grimes, I got I got all the support for you, and, and I think he's one of the best things on NXT. My runner up was Carmelo Hayes. I think literally when he started, I was just like, oh, okay, nice light skin, you know, a little flavor, <laughs> a little something. He's, he's doing something. He's just, and I was like, he's for sure going to be on 205 Live. <laughs> and I was surprised that he was like, yo, do not put me on that damn show. And, <laughs> and listen, sometimes you got to call your shot. If he know he the shit. Why not say, don't put me on 205 Live? Do not make right. me a Cruiserweight contender. I'm so much more than this. And then he wins the breakout tournament. And I really don't think, honestly, I still didn't think it meant much mm-hmm. until 2.0. Until 2.0 came in and then he kind of like rose to the role that he wanted to be in and express the things that he wanted to express and say the things that he wants to say. I think if he was still a baby face, it would be a lot more awkward than it is now. Um I don't I think, think he would have survived. I don't think he would have survived black and gold because there just would have been too many of those like white guys at the top. Yeah, and then also it's just I don't. If he was a face, I think it was just he would be. I can't see him currently with a character that's really defined as a face. Yeah. So not yet, um, not like not yet, not yet, not yet. He can be a face now. Yeah. Um, because he's kind of figured it out. His look, his swag, is you know all this other stuff like that, he can definitely figure it out now. Um, but before, and then also, like, Gargano's not, no longer in his way, so he can probably figure that out even more. <laughs> um, so I'm saying Carmelo Hayes. He's, yeah. in the last six months, he's improved a lot. Okay. Least, occasion. least improved. This is going to be really funny. <laughs> least improved of the year. Mills, who'd you say was your least improved wrestler? Andrade. Just least improved on all fronts, just kind of all levels, and just someone who believed he was the shit, someone who we gave match of the year, Mm -hmm. um, to someone who barely gets a match in this year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Andrade, I feel like if you had stayed, they would have gave you something eventually but I can see that you want to have your own career in your own hands. But man, sometimes it's like, yo, you played yourself. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is. I'm glad he got creative control. I think that's something you get (laughs) when you're part of the, I guess when you're on the main roster, which continues to boggle my mind of why people don't go to the main roster before dipping out. Um, But I'm glad he got what he got, but yeah, it's not him. It's just not like you've done nothing. And then, it, it, I'll do my runner-up real quick. 
I it hates me. It pains me to say this. It pains me. Like Shotzi, because Shotzi had a good start of the year in that tag team thing. She's got the look. She's got the tank. She's got everything. And then they pulled it all from under her when she got it. When she turned into a heel, and it kind of low key exposed her. Yeah, as like not being able to really work these big moment matches as of yet. And I think she needs a lot more defining in the ring as especially, but yeah, that heel thing exposes her. I mean, she's fine as hell, but like, good Lord, she needs, she needs a little bit more work. She's going to find it. I think, I think they get, they just, I mean, she needs this. I feel like she's been having injury problems and that's what's kept her off of TV. Cause she said it on, I think Twitter or Instagram or something that she's been having like injury problems. So, Hopefully she can get it together in 2022 and, and and really like get on top of these things because I feel like Tony did kind of lap her. But um, my winner of this was another person who believed their own hype, Malachi Black. This guy was having fantastic matches for all intents and purposes. And once again, he is now having matches with Goldust, Dustin Rhodes. I think this is what happens when you give yourself a little bit too much creative freedom. Yeah, and I think that the same goes for Andrade, right? Who's Andrade is my runner-up as well. I think these two left this year, and for, for all intents and purposes, more power to them. I was I was really glad to see, and I was really excited to see where they went. Andrade was announced in AEW, and you could hear a fucking pin drop. And then Malachi Black came to a lot of a, a, an amazing debut. I will admit, an amazing debut on AEW, and since then he's now like in a tag team. And <laughs> I'm like, I think you have to have someone like for instance, events, or in, in this case, it'd be Tony Khan, who, how does your character fit within this world that I built? How do you respond to people? How do you do all the things? And I'm not saying WWE does it right all the time. I don't know no. if AEW does it right all the time. But how do you fit in this? But when you kind of have your, it, he's falling into the fiend category, mm-hmm. where it's his own separate world thing, part, person, experience, and but i think you got to remember i think what it's going to connect with the crowd eventually you got to remember that you're also a professional wrestler Mm -hmm. like that has to be like the basis of things to me for a successful character is that you also have to remember that you're a professional wrestler and you're a person and yeah you can have all these supernatural stuff but if you can't go in the ring or if you can't sell the fact that like you have these, especially in AEW, sell the fact that you have these great matches, it's not going to work out. No. Um, yeah. All right. Pay-per-view special of the year is going to piss people off, I think. Uh, I think we both have the same for both. I had something and I just changed it because I was like, wait a minute. I didn't really mean that. So I changed my runner up just now. But um, <laughs> our winner, our winner for a uh, pay-per-view special of the year was WrestleMania night one. I think there were so many things that from the top of the show that could have went wrong. There was a rain delay. There was. Yeah. At the top of the show, it did go wrong. <laughs> there was a rain delay. <laughs> there was a rain delay. There was a lot of things that, that could have went wrong. But after we that, reacted. Were- we reacted on Twitter. I love the rain delay. It was so much calamity. They were jumping back and forth between people backstage. Kevin Owens, who doesn't wrestle till night two, was just like, yeah, I'm just here because they yeah. told me to be here <laughs> in case there was a rain. You know what sucks? They cut that out of the rerun of, of the VOD version. They cut all that it's stuff out. It's so bad. It's so bad. They need to keep it in because the calamity of it is really what's you know, it was it so. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think 
I think a large part of why I'm not I'm I'll, I'm not gonna speak for you, but I think the large reason reason of why that was, you know, important for me and that why that's my moment of the year because it's the most human moment of this whole thing. You had Drew McIntyre cutting a promo. He was so excited to be back in front of fans, and you know, so many of them were so excited to be back in front of fans. That moment when they were all out there. The magnitude of that was just crazy. You know what I mean for everything that people had been through, and for mm. that moment and in that section and and you know for for that night we had forgotten everything. You know what I mean? We had forgotten all of the the bullshit, and we just enjoyed the damn show. And I and I can't find a show this year, you know, that was unanimous across every single you know piece of the of of the community that was so positive. And mm-hmm. of course, it ended on such a great moment began with such a really funny moment and a great moment. And mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I, I really enjoyed WrestleMania uh, night one. It was, it was definitely one of my favorite shows of the year or the, the show of the year to me. I mean, I agree. We had the same pick for both of them. So uh, <laughs> we can talk about both of them. Uh, our runner up was a uh, crown jewel. A show that should not, should not have been as good as it was. <laughs> no, but listen, when you pay for a good show, you get in a good show, man. When you pay top dollar. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but when you pay top dollar for a show, you get a good show. They got a hell in a cell. WrestleMania 2, bro. It was WrestleMania 2. They got Go- Goldberg getting his revenge and beating up Bobby Lashley for 20 minutes. They got a triple threat match between Sasha, um, Becky, and, um, and Bianca. Yeah. We got... King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring, which by all, I mean, people will probably say that's probably shitty how we got there, but eventually you got there and look at the characters now. Yeah. Um, and probably some other stuff that I'm not remembering right now, but you got it all. You got Brock versus Roman. That was a thing. Um, pretty big show. I mean, my that's Peacock was fucking up the entire time, but. That's hey, because you, you talk, that's because you talk so much shit about Peacock. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much why. I know. It's, yeah, they deserve it. They told me why. Uh, la- last nomination before we before we get on out of here, and then we, we're going to give you part two next week. Uh, of course, our part two is going to have our wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, female wrestler of the year, our worsts, <laughs> a lot of worsts. So we're going to be going through that for a minute and 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 uh, stuff like that. So before we get out of here, most memorable moment meals. What was it for 2021? All right. Please do not kill me. Oh, God, I will. My most memorable moment of the year was the Miz winning the WWE Championship. My <laughs> most memorable moment of the year. Mine. And I will say that because, one, the Miz is awesome. Two, I never thought he would do it again. And then three, I think it played so much. There was so much like, will he, won't he? He lost the briefcase. He got it back. Fuck Otis. All this other stuff like that. Story Who's intertwined that? to it. Who said fuck Otis? <laughs> me <laughs> that was me sorry um but there's so much intertwined to that uh and then he won it and i was like wow look at look at god you couldn't tell me anything for those two weeks to be honest with you the I, I really couldn't champion. No, i really couldn't no. say anything to you i couldn't say a damn thing to you so no, yeah you're right no. four days after my birthday too it was a really great late birthday present so that's my most memorable moment of the year. I kind of want to change my second one now, considering I see what yours is. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, my most memorable, moment, <laughs> my most memorable moment of the year, of course, is uh, Bianca Belair winning the, the SmackDown Women's Championship on the in the, in the main event of, of WrestleMania Night One. Uh, I'm changing just, my runner up to that as well. Okay, uh, I just remember that moment 
being at home. Um, I would just, I, I was at the edge of my seat. I didn't, I don't think I said a word. And I think I was texting you. I was like, this is, this is, I was like, yo, this is big. Like, this is, this is crazy. And I think that we all had that moment when she, when she won, I jumped out of my fucking seat. Like I, I, I hit the, the loudest let's go I've ever heard in my life. Like I have never, and again, a character like Bianca Belair is once in a lifetime. You, you don't get these often, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the support and, and the love that we have for this, for her and her character and just who she is. I was so happy. I get chilled. Like I'm getting chills right now talking about that moment because it was just such a genuine moment. And I, I have not felt just good <laughs> for some, like, you know, like this is this, this wrestling thing's weird, right? Because we know what it is and we've been exposed to it, but I just felt legitimately good for her. And, and, and I felt just so glad and happy for her. And, and I can't think of a moment like that since like Kofi mania. And, and I think I put that up there with it. You know what I mean? Like it just in terms of just where we've come from and what we see, like we have people and we have young little black girls that will be able to see that, you know, and, and see that as a moment that that's just amazing. And, and I think that's just definitely the most memorable moment of the year for me. I think being able to watch Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks look across the rink from each other in that moment, they break because they know the magnitude of this moment. Bianca knows it. Sasha knows it. Sasha's not supposed to be the good guy at this point, but she, you know, she's breaking in her moment. I, I look at it for Sasha, too, because Sasha, you talk about 2019, she wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. She wanted to leave. And Vince was like, nah, get your ass over here. Take a couple weeks off. Come back. Reset all this other stuff like that. She wanted to leave and, like, look at the year that she has. And I think she's always doubted, like, because she always loses a lot and all this other stuff like that. But it's like, you got to trust in the moment. Yeah, Bianca ends up winning the main event. But you're in the main event of WrestleMania, which I don't even know if she thought would be able to ever happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a beautiful moment for Sasha. I think it was a beautiful moment for Bianca. I think it was a beautiful moment to black women main eventing. WrestleMania is still like, wow. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it really is. It's like, wow, like in this white ass WWE company, this this company that has always championed the great white hope. And we've always seen the John Cena's and the Trish Stratus and the Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan and all this other stuff like that. The Triple H's, all this other stuff like that. Even like, for instance, The Rock as a black superstar, never really, I mean, he is 100% black, but also never really like, yo, we're strongly referencing his African-American heritage and doing a lot of these other things. But this was kind of undeniable. When Um, When Michael Cole said that, I said, thank I was just like, thank you for saying that out loud for people to hear it because it ain't, it ain't never happened before, you know? Yeah. Them saying it like. Huh. It's an historic moment for the first time ever. Two black women have a title match in the main event at WrestleMania. And WWE tries to stray away from like we don't do things with race. These are characters, pal. But at the same time, yeah. it's like you gotta acknowledge this. You know what I'm saying? Right. You have to acknowledge it. And we're gonna get a. The sad part is we're gonna get a lot of flack for saying this. <laughs> That's the sad part. Like the sad part is we're gonna get a lot of flack for trying to champion this moment because people are like, but she lost six months later, and that shouldn't be. That doesn't make this year. That doesn't make a moment, and that doesn't make Bianca career. Moments like this make their career, Sasha and Bianca, in this moment. So, yeah. hey, it is what it is. Ultimately, WWE in the end tells the story. And no matter what you do on your little Twitter account, 
that's not going to change their narrative because that's what's going to be the big narrative is that 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 happened. The, the, the stuff that happens in between that, you know what the you know what the story's going to be. You know, it's going to be the Becky returned. They're not even talk about how long it took. They're going to say that she returned because because they've already started doing it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they've already started. Well, she came back. You would have never known it would have been twenty six seconds if she didn't say it. Because of the way they tell the story. So at the end of the day, this is the moment that matters. That other bullshit, get over it. Uh, my runner-up, this is a weird runner-up to that historic moment, but I thought it was a really cool moment. <laughs> but Samoa Joe returning to NXT. <laughs> Good for him. Lost your job and came back. The people were undeniable. I don't know where he is now. God bless him. I don't know he's where hurt. he is. He's hurt. Still? Yeah, he's hurt. All right, well, God bless him. He's still got a job. Um, I thought really our last moments with Samoa Joe was watching him in a poncho in a WrestleMania <laughs> night one. And it wasn't. He came back. He won the NXT championship. I think, did he? Yes, he won it, right? He won it. Yeah, he won it. He had to, he had to give it up a week later. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then he had to give I, it up. I feel so. like that was like cat. I feel like they was like, all right, beat, beat this nigga. Because clearly nobody wanted to, like, they, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, nobody went, like, it, was, it was clear nobody wanted to face carrying at that point. So he was just like, just have Joe do it. Because I think yeah, people beat done. Yeah, he's not, he's not able. It's like, all right, we'll take it off of him. Don't worry about that. But that was the first half of our year in list for 2021. Of course, next week we're going to have our wrestlers of the year, our worst wrestlers of the year, and some of our more some we, of our more we, fun times. Bearing the lead that we have this Christmas party on Thursday. Oh fuck, that's right. Neil, tell him <laughs> about the Christmas party on Thursday. All right, give me a second. <laughs> So we got a Christmas party. <laughs> we have a Christmas. Uh, so we're doing Twitter Spaces this Thursday. This is our holiday party for the A Show. This is our first time. This is inaugural. This is not the first annual. It is inaugural, people. Get your English correct. Um, Christmas party. We're doing it via Twitter Spaces. We'd love for everyone to join us. We'd love for everyone to come. Um, come with a hot take or come with a toast. If you like to toast something that either you did or you found something amazing this year or something that um, a company has done or something you want to celebrate or acknowledge, please come with a toast. If you want a hot take because you need to get something off your chest at the end of the year, please do. Um, this will not be recorded. I don't have time for that. Um, so unless I guess Twitter does the, do the recording thing, I don't know. Stay tuned, but, um, yeah, come through, we'll have some fun. Hopefully some people will come through. If not, I think we're going to have a good time. Nonetheless, um, no hateration or holleration in this dancery. Please don't show up with any negativity because yeah. you will get kicked out. You're going to get that ass blocked. Boy. All right. So, uh, next week we're going to close out the year of 2021 with our year in as well as our day one prediction. So that's going to be another big show for us next week. But um, thank you guys for listening. I, I want everyone to have just a blessed and awesome and amazing Christmas. Uh, please stay safe, of course. And uh, we will be back with you guys next week on another episode of The A Show. For Meals, I'm Justin. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see you on Thursday. We'll also see you next week. Peace.